Welcome to episode 95 of Tim Talk, the podcast about the DC anime universe co-created by Bruce Tim. I'm Chris Lord. I'm Cameron Dexter. You know what? How you doing, buddy? I'm a little tired. <laughs> it's been a long weekend. I, I realize I pretty much always get together and then I just jump straight into the news. I never actually ask you how you're doing. I mean, you've already told me before we started airing. Yeah. But I just I just want to check the in audience with you. Knows how we're doing. I just want to check in with you and see how you are. I'm, I'm doing good. As a good. person, spiritually, spiritually, emotionally. I just got back from a wedding and it was, oh. it was a good, it was a fun wedding. Uh, my only critique, because I think they listened to the podcast, is they played my three favorite like early 2000s electric songs all back to back. Okay. So it was like 10 minutes of just straight jumping. And my calves are still sore. Wait a minute. So your only critique is that they went out of the way to do something really nice for you? And well, she told me in advance that she's like, oh, we're going to play Heaven by DJ Sammy. We're going to play Every Time We Touch. And we're going to play Sandstorm. Okay. And I'm like, oh, that's so cool. And they just all happen to be, you know, it started, it was, you know, it was Heaven, Sandstorm, yeah. Every Time We Touch. Uh, and I was just so tired after that. Were they just trying to, like, get them all out of the way? I in think one so. fell swoop? Mm-hmm. Wait, is, is every time we touch, like... Was By it like, Cascada? Yeah, but that doesn't help me at all. What's the... Every time we touch, I get this feeling. Every okay. time we touch, I swear I can fly. Yeah. Um, can't you be my heart? Beat fast, I want this to last. I need you in my life. Aww. That one. Yeah. Uh, I thought that's what it was, but I mm-hmm. wasn't sure. I, I did have, like, a very, like, happy honor moment where the, uh, the, the ring bearer and the flower girls... Pretty much no one was dancing except the the wedding party. Okay. Because uh, we were the only ones kind of at our age group, and the rest was just uh, older family and relatives. Right. So it was the core group of us and the, the three little kids. And when Sandstorm came on, we got to teach them the dance. Right? I mean, the quote-unquote dance. Yeah. The jumping pattern. I was going to say, there's a pattern, there's a dance to Sandstorm? Yeah. The, you, you squat, and then you, you gradually get higher as the beat there's the part where like the the beat dies and it, it slowly rises back up did you not do this in middle school no we didn't wow. go to middle school at the same time my friend <laughs> i know but like <laughs> high school this was this was the first like mosh like mosh pit song of, i, of I my... mean i i vaguely recall sandstorm but i don't remember there being a even if there were which there clearly was a dedicated dance to sandstorm mm-hmm. what 16-year-old me, 17-year-old me would Were not have known. you too cool known. for that at that point? No, I was that lame that I wouldn't even know that dance routine. Okay. I was just that out of touch and boring. Well, it was... Some it things was, have not changed. It was delightful to teach it to the little ones. Aw. Uh, and then I accidentally elbowed one of them in the face. <laughs> but she was fine. She took it like a trooper. Just <laughs> made it that much more memorable. <laughs> Or maybe not, because I might. She might have a concussion, but that's fine. It just can't take you anywhere. It, she should know better. She should know better than when Sandstorm be, comes to on. To be an elbow height. <laughs> yeah. To, how dare she? The only person I've ever met shorter than me, <laughs> be at the exact height of my elbow. Well, don't worry. Eventually, she'll grow up and be taller than you, and then like she'll just come back and elbow you party. in the face. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, no, it was, it was a good wedding. It was a very pretty, uh, really pretty venue. Oh, I'm glad. Uh, yeah, we had our, our bachelor party. Uh, that I, I think you saw some of the photos. Yeah, it looked I, very... 
in line with with you. Yep, we we rented an inflatable jousting pit, which is awesome. Wait, what? Did you not you didn't see those photos? Oh wait, is that like is that more in the vein of like American Gladiators or like yeah, you're standing yeah, yeah, up? Yeah. Oh, okay, I was I thought like that's not jousting, my friend. That's like I know, but I don't know the right word for it. I mean, I don't know. It's like that American Gladiator style. You're, like, you stand on a podium. Yeah, and you have like the big like massive padded Q-tip sort of thing. Yeah, and you're just knocking someone else. Okay, mm-hmm. I thought like there was literally two channels. No. And you, like, you ran... That'd be so much harder on an ...down the thing mat. and, you know, had a mm-hmm. jousting stick? Yeah. A jousting rod? What are, what are, the, what are those called? I don't, I don't know. A, a long, wooden, pointy thing. A jousting dowel? Yes. <laughs> and try to knock each other over. I would be on board for that. I mean, the podium thing was, was just as fun. It's still, still pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I got... I woke up with three like tiny gashes on my cheek because I did not think things through. Because uh, I got like someone wiped me across the face. Oh, with the uh, the Q-tip. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, it was fun. Uh, we did that. We had a lot of board games. Ate a lot of wings. Typical like bro time. That sounds fantastic. It was nice. It was yeah. really nice. What How have you been? What's your life, Chris? I, I am fine. Um, I, I have a confession to make. Shane and I had BFC without you. You the, motherfuckers. The, the famous Burger Fan Club. Well, we met up for an impromptu douchebag cocktail night, which basically I went over to Wh- Shane's. Which is just their saying of the two of them hanging out without me at this point. Well, that's they've only ever happened twice, and coincidentally, you haven't been to either of them. Nor have I been invited <laughs> to either of them. Well, because... So here's, here's how I'm seeing the situation, Chris, is... I am not douchey enough for this douchebag cocktail night. I think that is 100% true. I'm it's, hurt, It, it requires a certain level of douchiness, and Cameron, frankly, you're just too good of a person. I don't think so. To that's spend very time not with, true. To spend time with us. Well, I mean, that's true. You punch children in the face. I did not punch <laughs> elbow. I didn't feel it. <laughs> yeah. I should be careful not slandering you on the podcast. Yes. Um, but yes, we had, we had drinks, and we ended up going to, to plan check and getting... My favorite burger, the chef's favorite burger. Okay. Which is no longer my favorite burger. I've gotten bored with it. I need a new one. Okay. I know. So we got to keep hunting around. Well, I mean, I, I guess I had, while you were there, I had my own BFC by myself. See? Going to Whataburger. See, fucker? As often as I could. <laughs> how many times did you go to Whataburger? Only three this time. That is, how many days were you there? Five. <laughs> That's reasonable. That you know, two, that of is... the, two of which were spent entirely in wedding prep. Okay, I will give you credit for having the ratio slanted mm-hmm. in favor of you. So, uh, so, so on the topic of burgers, for a quick second, then we'll actually mm-hmm. talk about Batman. Um, at the rehearsal dinner, we went to this really nice restaurant in Denton, uh, and they, you know they gave us a, a condensed menu for for giant parties. Yeah, and they had a burger on the menu, and mm. I couldn't decide between the burger or the pork tenderloin. Ooh, and I asked like, which one do you guys say? And like, oh well, we've actually been ranked the best burger in DFW. I'm like, oh well, I have to try that. I want to say they're definitely not the best. burger. Not the best burger. Not even close. Nowhere was, near as good as Whataburger, right? Nowhere near is like it was probably worse than every burger we've had out here for BSC. Seriously, yeah. it, it might rank as my lowest burger. Oh my god! I've had at a restaurant even lower than was it Hiroki and the Bird? I thought that's one that we really liked. No, remember because it was like so bland and it was so hard to get to. This means nothing to anybody but us. I don't really care. I don't remember that. I mean, I I don't remember many of the burgers we eat. No, that was the one. I more remember like, the camaraderie. Well, of course. That's always the most special part of it. But, like, no, that was the burger that we had to go all the way out to Century City on a weeknight 
to try and get it because it was only served as part of the happy hour. Right. Okay. Yeah. And it's like the burger and the beer deal. And the burger was like interesting the first bite and the rest of it was just kind of like meh. Um, the reason I didn't like this burger for burger talk. Mm-hmm. Um, Far more important. Yes. Uh, for bur- for burger breakdown. Ooh. Oh. And, <gasps> uh, nope. We're not doing that. Damn it. <laughs> um, was it was the ratios totally off. Mm. Way See, too much cheese. Uh, way too much cheese. Way too much onion. Oh no no no! Not no, nearly no. enough sauce. Mm. Uh, and like the burger was fine. Like the the patty was fine. Mm-hmm. But everything else was like it. it everything was just out of whack. That's and I shame. tried a bite of the pork tenderloin and immediately regretted my decision. Oh no! But it's okay. You know, you live, you learn. You get loves. Yeah. Um. So amongst all of your adventuring, did you have a chance to check out the? Dark Phoenix trailer because oh we God, we are now talking I. we are now talking. I mean, news. I rewatched Last Stand. Is that basically like watching the trailer? Uh, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Did you actually watch it? I did. No, yeah. no Last Stand. No, I did not watch it. Okay, but I did God. watch the trailer. Okay, yeah. You're not that much of a masochist. Mm-hmm. I mean, what did you think? It looks like the trailer for Last Stand. It does look pretty damn similar. Mm-hmm. I, uh, you know, it. Okay, wait. Let's 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 try and pick a few positive things out of it. Okay. Um, I think. Consistently, regardless of the quality of the movies, that cast has been pretty damn good, particularly McAvoy and Fassbender. Yes. So we get plenty of both of them I, in here. I am amazed at how, not centered, centered, but like prominent uh, Jennifer Lawrence was in this trailer. Okay, can we... Especially mm, after her performance in the last one. Last one, yeah. Show, can we do like like a, a quick second of like spoiler theorizing here real quick? Sure. Um, okay, I'll let me make a note of the time. Okay, because obviously there's a funeral in the movie. Oh, you think it's gonna be that J- is J-Law? so fucking obviously Mystique's funeral. Okay, like one, it wouldn't surprise me at all if Jennifer Lawrence is finally like kill me so I can never come back to one of these things because yeah. she's in her makeup like what one shot in the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And then there's that scene of um, Hank and Charles at the table, and Hank is super super pissed off. And I think the only person amongst that crew that could die that we didn't see in the funeral shock, we saw a whole bunch of people, is Mystique, the only person he would really, really care about. Okay. I'm but pretty damn sure. Mystique, using her power, could have been any one of the people in that scene. Um, unless she just gets, like, completely fucking vaporized. But also, you're true. Yeah. This is absolutely true. Or she's going to be like, I'm not, I'm not giving Fox <laughs> enough credit that they would, like, go to the effort of digitally erasing someone the way that Marvel Studios does. Yeah. But I'm, like, 100% convinced that's who's dead in that moment. I think it's all. I think it's all a sham. I think one of the actors in the scene is dead, and Mystique, not wanting to alarm anyone, is posing as said actor. The movie's gonna end like post credit sting. Like, it's me. It's me. I'm it, still it's, here. It's, it's ending with her. It, it's just like behind the scenes shot of her walking off set and like, J- Jennifer, are you, Jen, are you coming back? We Jen. We, we still have some scenes with her. We, she, she knows that we, like, we still have a contract, right? We still need you, Jen. <laughs> Jen. I mean, can we can, we can CGI her, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, we got it. It's okay, fine. that's fine. not. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's not too happy. Yeah. Let's, let's. We'll just steal footage from Joy and use that. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> just cut some stuff out from Red Sparrow. She does so some fighting in there. Yeah, it's all the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean. Is Zoe Saldana still available? She played a blue person before. She's fine. Yeah, we'll bring her on. She'll yeah. be, she, actually, she'd be an improvement, wouldn't she? Um, I mean, I don't know. I, I like that they're in those costumes. Yeah, Patrick Harris can do it. He can do anything. Because well, he was in the Smurfs. Oh, right, of course. I'm, I'm just trying to list off. Katy Perry. Katy Perry. Yeah. The Smurfette. 
Oh, I didn't realize that. I was I was going with her music video ET where she played a blue alien. Oh, I don't even know these things. Mm-hmm. No, see, there's I a whole, ET. Yeah, whole yeah, bunch yeah, of other one. people they could choose. Yeah, plenty of blue people out there. The um, Blue Man Group. The, oh, there we go. Yeah, just three Jennifer Lawrences that just don't <laughs> talk. <laughs> I would love if they had like still an improvement. If they had like some anniversary of X Men special where all three of them were Mystique mm-hmm. and just did like the the weirdest pantomime performance of X-Men. One of them is just holding her Oscar. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, I think some of the performances will be good. I like that their X uniforms in this. They kind of look similar to the, the Grant Morrison, um, Frank Quietly uniforms from New X-Men, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe we'll actually get Jean-looking Phoenixy. Probably not. Probably not. It, I mean, it, d- it definitely doesn't look great. I think it looks... Fine, which is all I'm kind of hoping for at this point. Yeah. But it certainly isn't encouraging that they've bumped it out yet again until June of 2019. This was usually X-Men trailers get me excited. This was the first time I think maybe ever that I have not been excited after a trailer. I mean, like, cause we just, we have no reason to be like apocalypse was so so bad. So, so bad. It's Mm -hmm. like, ugh. Actually, no, to be fair, I was not excited for Wolverine. The fir- not the Wolverine, but X Men Origins Wolverine when it. How dare you! That trailer came out. It looks so. It looks so bad. This this just looks so generic, and mm-hmm. I think that's part of the problem. Absolutely. And I think it's it's really a shame, given that Matthew Vaughn came in and gave First Class so much style and energy, and like really brought it back up to a new level, and was like totally consistent with the original trilogy, but just a bit more fun. They're like, oh, like this is gonna be a cool new world to play in, and then Singer just like took it right back to where he started. And I think Days of Future Past was, it's good. I don't think it's great necessarily. Mm-hmm. It's I think biggest problem well, is let's not that, forget that JFK was a mutant. Oh my god, I forgot about that. That Jesus. was that was like a long running joke in our friend group after that movie. Like whenever anything happened, we're like oh don't worry, JFK was a mutant. Well, and it makes even less sense because in the lead up. To because they movie. don't explain anything about they, it. They don't explain anything about it. And also, in the lead up to that movie, there was like a website that had like a, a conspiracy theory about the JFK assassination, and it suggested Mystique was involved because there's like multiple people, and then also suggested Magneto because the bullet went some sort of crazy pattern. So it yeah. implied that the Brotherhood killed JFK. Yeah. Well, they they even say that in the movie that Magneto was. I think Magneto was there. Oh, that's right, because that's what he's in prison for, right? Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. See, I've already forgotten that movie. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's, it's just fine. And, like, mm-hmm. this, too, I think is going to be absolutely forgettable. But, absolutely. Um, you know what else looked very forgettable? Hmm. Holmes and Watson trailer. You didn't like it? I'm not going to go see that movie. I'm going to go see that movie. so fucking terrible. I love those two. I, I like those two. I don't two. care how dumb it is. I, have it. I think it's going to be such a weird, comedic, thing because like that that's that's such a sacred franchise uh sherlock holmes and has have there been a has there been a comedy because obviously we have like johnny english yeah. to parody no there james I think, bond um there was and austin powers and i know there like was one Lewis. version and i can't remember the name of it there were so many sherlock holmes movies there was one version where it was kind of in the vein of like a, a remington steel which okay. that probably doesn't help you at all um, but the idea was that Watson was the actual genius and Holmes was an actor kind of playing the role. Mm-hmm. That's the plot of Remington Steel, by the way, in case you weren't gotcha. aware. Um, Almost like a, a 
Oh, I want to go Dudley Do Right. No, okay. Dudley Do Right was always just super you, incompetent you on just, his own. Lucky. But like, but also yeah. Nell and the horse often did a lot of the work. I mean, it's kind of like Inspector Gadget. Okay, okay. But like a deliberate setup rather than one that's like happenstance. Uh, such a good show. Oh, Matthew Broderick. Oh, such a terrible movie. Um, <laughs> also, wasn't Penny his girlfriend in that? I don't want to get into it. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's, it's dumb. I don't want to go into it. Um, but yeah, I, it looks so stupid. So dumb. Like, and I I love John C. Riley. I'm hit or miss with Will Ferrell. Mm-hmm. I really like Talladega Nights. Yeah. I don't really care for Step Brothers. Really? No. I've Interesting. Ne- I feel like they did another one that, that I've never seen because they've done a few things together. I just, I, it, well, there was the one all in Spanish that no one saw. Oh, and a lot um, of people saw Casa that. Casa de mi Padre? Yeah. A lot of people kind of saw that as the turning point for Farrell. Oh, okay. Where he like started just doing weird, weirder comedy. Yeah. I, but I don't want to mm. say that. I want to say that just the, like the general consensus of what is funny has changed. I think that's part of it too. Like this seems like 10 year old humor at this point yeah. watching the trailer. And I think part of the problem is it's directed by Eaton, E-T-A-N, Eaton Cohen, not one of the Cohen brothers. Mm-hmm. This is the guy who did fucking Garfield. The Cohen cousin? This is the guy that tricked Bill Murray into doing Garfield. Amazing. Like, accidentally, because... Do you think he also tricked Will Ferrell and John C. Riley? <laughs> no, I think they knew exactly where they were getting involved. Okay. But, no, like, the thing with Garfield was uh, Murray had always wanted to work with the Cohen brothers. He saw that it was written directed by someone named Cohen. He's like, oh, it's one of the Cohen brothers. I'll do it. It's not one of the Cohen brothers. And the thing is... Step Brothers and... Could, hold on, um, could you imagine what a Garfield movie directed by the Coen brothers would be like, though? I would watch that. That'd be so bizarre. I think it would be fascinating. Yeah. I feel like they would all end up getting really weird names. Oh, for sure. Yeah. George Clooney would be in there for some reason. Yeah, he'd just like, have a weird camera in the background. Francis McDormand would play Opie. Yeah. <laughs> it'd be amazing. I mean, it's so important. Oh, man, we got to pitch this movie to them. <laughs> I'll, I'll work on it. Um, but yeah, it's... It, it looks like old humor. And the thing is, it doesn't have Adam McKay. I mean, Adam McKay knows what to do with him and like Step Brothers, Talladega Nights. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is that he has gone on to then go do bigger and better stuff. He did the big short. He's doing the fucking Dick Cheney biopic with yeah. Christian Bale now. Like he has elevated himself beyond where he started. He's evolved as a filmmaker. And mm-hmm. you watch this and you go, oh my God, like these two guys who are admittedly very good actors and very talented haven't done anything to change the same shtick they've been doing for 10 years. Yeah. Well, I, I wonder how hard it is, because there's a few comedians that can kind of go beyond the test of time and, and break out of the, the kind of comedy stereotype. But I, I think about kind of the ones that, that came up either right before Farrell or with Farrell on SNL. Mm-hmm. The standout for me is Dana Carvey, who oh, yeah. has not changed his comedy style. Uh, yeah, he just uh, had... A lick. He, he just had so many... He had a lot of unfortunate things happen to him. Yeah, like in his the entertainment. Sh- yeah, his show getting canceled, mm-hmm. and then I don't think Master of Disguise became what he originally <laughs> signed on for. Um, I mean, that movie is a, a, a cult classic. That's that's a gem of a film right there. Going to the Turtle Club. Um, he actually I mean, go- they they ripped off that bit in this SNL skit like ten years after that movie came out. Of course they did. Which I'm like, really, I Jimmy mean, Fallon? He. He, I think you were in Master of Disguise. He probably was, I think, there somewhere. Like, Dana Carvey is an incredible comedic performance. Um, he actually goes to my gym. I see him sometimes. I've Aww. never gone up and talked to him because, like, he's doing his thing. I don't want to just bother him. Just walk by and go, turtle, turtle. God, that was, what a, 
a horrible movie. Oh, actually, no, no, hang on, hang on. We're, 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 I we're, loved that movie as a kid. Uh, we need a moment to, for me to get even more L.A. here. Okay. Uh, the other day, I walked into my gym, and Luke Evans was there. Oh. I know. Did you sing to him? Uh, I wish he would have sang to me. I was gonna, did you ask? No. I was too intimidated. No one. <laughs> uh, I mean, I guess he doesn't really sing that song. But yeah, he does. I mean, that's more. Oh, it's that's uh, Lefou. Lefou. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he does, in in the live action version, he does give himself a verse. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's so because it's Luke Evans. Yeah, but Luke Evans, no. you don't say no to Luke Evans. He's gorgeous. Um, what were we talking about? Oh, Holmes and Watson looks terrible. Mm-hmm. I think it should have been a Netflix movie, and that's that's the expectation I'm going to go in with. If I don't have to pay for it. Yeah. I probably still won't see it. Um, but we do have one bit of actual DC news to talk about, lest we forget about that. Uh, a movie that may or may not end up happening was cast. Great. Birds of Prey. Oh, that's right. Birds of Prey. Yeah, I figured you'd be excited about this, uh, obviously because Mary Elizabeth Winstead. <gasps> Ramona. I know. She is going to be Helena Bertinelli, a.k.a. The Huntress. Yeah, that's really interesting because I it feel like... It is an interesting choice. Huntress is... I mean, like, obviously Mary Elizabeth Winstead has the attitude for it. Uh, but I'm, I'm curious because Huntress is a very, like, combat-heavy character. Like, clearly she had a few she acting is. parts in Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. She had minimal... Uh, action in Speed Racer. So let's mm-hmm. not forget about that one. She's oh. the love interest. No, she's not. It's Christina Ricci. She's I, not in Speed what, Racer. What am I thinking of? Oh, so I'm thinking Sky High. Jesus Christ. Sorry, my love interests get crossed every now and then. Jesus Christ. Um, wh- what I think is interesting is that Huntress as a character has a very different temperament mm-hmm. than most of the characters that Winsett's played. I mean, obviously, yeah. she can do it. She's very talented. But Huntress is always just kind of perpetually pissed off at the world. Yeah. I don't know what her what her background is now, what her history is now, but at least, like, pre-New 52, her whole thing was that she was the daughter of a crime boss, and her family was murdered. Her parents were murdered by, like, another crime family or a rival crime family or something like that. And so... She is out for revenge. So she's a vigilante, but she's really revenge-focused, and she will go a lot further than Batman will. Like, she will kill, or she'll try to kill. Yeah. And she kind of became a reluctant, on Batman's behalf, reluctant member of the Bat family. Like, he kind of... She was loosely associated mostly Yeah, she's, she's the, 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 the second cousin of the Bat yeah. family. Yeah, like, Tim Drake really brought her in and, like, helped give her equipment and stuff like that, but she was always kind of pushed out. And actually, in... No Man's Land, she stays behind and adopts the mantle of Batgirl, and Batman knows who she is all the way through, but mm-hmm. she kind of fails to pass his test, and then Batgirl gets passed on as Cassandra What, what was the, the most recent Batman film she had a decent part in it? I'm a little bit behind. It wasn't Gotham by Gaslight. No, no, no. Was it Bad Blood? That's Batwoman. I don't think she... What was it? No, hold on. Because I, there was... I, I remember Batman... Like almost dying, and well, Huntress coming to. That's to in Hush. That that happens in the comic Hush. Oh, did I just play it as a movie in my head? I guess. I guess. I so. guess so. Yeah. Yeah. His the Batmobile that movie's gets not out yet. No, that movie doesn't exist yet. <laughs> yeah, because um, yep, Hush did. snipes the wheel. The Batmobile it crashes, and the crash is really bad. And she's the first one on the mm-hmm. scene. Yep. Okay. So I just played it as a movie in my head. 
is it an animated movie in your head, Cameron? Yeah. But I forget. Do you see the whole world? The whole world is a cartoon. The whole world is an animated mm-hmm. movie. Um, I don't know. I, mean, I think it's still a pretty solid piece of casting choice. We and then um, an actress I'm not familiar with, but I guess she's on the show Underground. I'm not sure what that is. Um, Journey Smollett Bell is going to play Black Canary. Mm-hmm. Which don't know much about that actress, but I like Black Canary as a character. Apparently, she was in Friday Night Lights. Oh, there we go. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm, so she has my approval. There we go. I, I'm excited to see these characters on screen. I've always liked both of them. I like Birds of Prey in general. I even have a soft spot for the old TV show, which I haven't watched in a long time. It's probably terrible. Um, but we do know is well, that... she was on... Or sorry, that's on... I think it's on the streaming, streaming service. service, yeah. yeah. Um, and we know that the movie won't feature Batgirl, but it will feature Harley Quinn, and it will feature Renee Montoya. Yes. So, I, I don't know. I think it still has the potential to be good. I mean, all of the DC films have potential to be good. Usually they fall well short of that potential. Yes. I'm hoping that maybe Margot Robbie has a lot of influence as a producer on this and is making smart choices, and they're obviously getting pretty good cast, but then, again, they always get a pretty good cast. Uh, and it, I don't know... So Kathy Yan is directing it. Okay, oh yeah, we talked about that a, a while ago. Uh, and I don't really recognize anything that she's worked on. Yeah, yeah, uh, I don't remember what else she's been doing. Been a, she produced a few things. Yeah, everything is written a few things. Uh, One of the writers of Bumblebee, I guess, is doing this. Which, ooh. I mean, Bumblebee looks pretty decent. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, hopefully it's good. I will stay decently optimistic. Yeah, I mean, at this, like, w- honestly, what does this mean, though? Like, mm-hmm. they're constantly, I mean, it, it, they're casting it, that's... That, that's a step forward. That's a step forward, so then it might actually happen. But at the same time, Dwayne Johnson's been Black Adam for a decade <laughs> now. Much. So I don't know. We we shall see. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. I mean, it could be it could be promising. I think I, I'm excited for that movie if it ends up being good. It's a story I want to see done well. Same. So who knows? Who knows? I was gonna say who cares, but we kind of care. <laughs> we kind of care. Uh, I, I have one we're, one we're tiny piece care. of DC news real yeah. quick. Uh, I just saw it before you came over. Uh, we got a poster for Titans. Oh, and it yeah. It looks fucking garbage. I've been watching some of the release clips. Date. I didn't realize it was coming out so soon. Yeah, I think it's it comes um, out next week. Or yeah, the, next, the week Friday, after this. The 12th. Yeah. Um, mm, cool, that poster. It's not a good poster. No. I'm, I'm hoping what saves this, mm-hmm. I mean, even the fact that I'm using the word saves is not a good indication. I'm hoping what saves it is the chemistry amongst the leads. Same. And I see enough of that in the trailers to think that it might be okay. Here's, here's the only reason I want it to be successful. Because mm-hmm. I want them to remake the Judas Contract season of the animated Teen Titans. That could be really cool. Because that would be... Because I, I, obviously I love that season. It's, yeah. it, Tara was the first character I cried over in a cartoon when she, when she was turned to stone. And it was like, it, it's still an emotional punch for me. Yeah. It, I mean, I, I remember watching it too. That's a. Yeah. There was a, a huge great moment. video essay I watched the other day comparing the comic to the series mm-hmm. and kind of the one little tweak they made, which, because kind of like in the pitch process, they're like, oh, Tara has this weird relationship with, with Deathstroke. We can't really show that in a kid's cartoon. Okay. She's sleeping with Deathstroke. Yeah. In the comic. Mm hmm. And, and in the uh, movie. That oh, came yeah, out which recently. I haven't watched, but it's, I mean, mm, not great. I'm going to watch it at some point, I'm yeah. sure. 
but they're one, two, because like, oh, what if instead her problem is she just can't control her power? Yeah. And the completely different story they got out of that. And it's so good. And how, like, she can be manipulated because of that. She doesn't trust anyone. And how Slade just, like, just gets in her head. Yeah. And it's unbelievable. No, it's it's great. And I it's, God, a, it's such a good season. It's a really good story. And I think it would be cool to see that done in live action. And I, I, I want Titans to be good. I think there's just enough potential there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I would like to see them actually handle like Robin becoming Nightwing. Something we actually haven't seen done in live action yet. Yeah. I don't know. I want to be, I want it to be good. I want it to be, oh God, I want it. To we be, want all these things to be good. I know. And they keep fucking it up for us. I know. We don't want to be this hateful or this mean. <laughs> they just make us. I mean, I enjoy being this you hateful enjoy and mean, it. obviously. <laughs> Lest we forget. I, I try and find that silver lining, but DC is really just kind of shit on it. Yeah. It does not sparkle anymore. No. I mean, did they ever sparkle? Um, Static shocked. <laughs> Static shocked did. Well, you know what? To be fair, Batman Beyond did. Batman Beyond did. Batman Beyond and did. That's what we're here to talk about. That is what we're here to talk about at the end of the Season day. Season two. Season two. Um, Yeah, starting off with the introduction of Splicers. Yeah, with a nice tattoo PSA. Yeah, okay, so... I wasn't sure, because when the first, when the episode opened, I wrote in my notes, plastic surgery, question mark? Th- there's kind of a lot going on here. I mean, the, the general plot, essentially, is that this guy, Dr. Cuvier... Cuvier? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He has developed a way to mix human DNA with animal DNA, and he says it's, like, it's a temporary thing, but basically, like, in the first sequence, we see Blade showing up with, like, green cat eyes, and, and we, we see this play out over the course of the rest of the series. Like obviously a lot of the jokers in um, even return of the Joker, like have been spliced, but like splicing kind of is a recurring thing to the rest of the whole show. And I think it's an interesting idea. And essentially it's like a whole bunch of teenagers want to go down and like get spliced and all the parents are opposed to it. The DA is opposed to it. And so QV is like kill the DA. And there's and a line Batman's that Dana says, save him. which I loved because I'm like, that's such a bad thing to say. What was it? Uh, when they're talking about splicing, Dana says, the law is against practically everything we're into. Which is like, it then stop doing illegal shit. I kind of get where she's coming from. Okay, you teenage rebel. <laughs> oh my God, if you knew me as a teenager, you know the first thing from that. But no, I, I get... Okay, I, I get... I understand. Like, that, that's the mentality of teenagers. Yeah, I mean, it, is, like it, is mentality, it is the mentality of teenagers, but I think now as a quote-unquote adult, I recognize where the laws don't actually sometimes work in people's favor. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's kind of one of the things that was... I, I was trying to figure out where they were going with this. Because you're right, like, they they, allude, they make reference to being, like, a tattoo because mm-hmm. t- uh, Terry's mom doesn't want them to get spliced. And Terry points out the little ankle tattoo she has. She's like, oh, it's not the same thing, which is a very parent thing to do, being yeah. like, oh, my experience is very similar to your experience. It's not the same thing at all. I mean, until you know. Well, my, my connection, um, I, I initially, you know, I thought plastic surgery, tattoo, yeah. piercing. But then I, I kind of saw it more as like a gang tattoo. Okay. Is is like <clears throat> it is different from what she got because her tattoo meant something different. Yeah. And they did allude to like getting spliced made you stronger. It it kind it of led to aggression. Yeah, yeah, led to aggression. And that's what I'm like, oh, they're trying to allude allude to this is kind of like gang behavior. 
That's, See, that's, oh, that's kind of how I connected it. I, I didn't read that, but I think that's an interesting way of looking at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, no one will be surprised to hear this. I saw a bit you of a were gay... A gang? <laughs> I was in a gang. Uh, no, I... <laughs> Um, I saw a bit of a gay allegory going on there. And okay. Mainly for two very specific things that the newscaster says. Um, he says that a lot of people are calling it a crime against nature. Mm-hmm. Definitely some language we've heard before. Oh, yeah. In regards to being gay. And then also, he said, and some people think it's a matter of choice. I was like, that's very specific, interesting language for them to include. And I'm going to be perfectly honest, I don't really remember how homosexuality was treated in 1999, 2000. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's language you see commonly used again and again and again, especially with like religious hate groups Yeah, in regards to homosexuality. So I thought it was very interesting they would choose those things specifically. And then also there's a little this idea about the those who've been spliced, you know, they keep referring to non-spliced people as like, oh, normies and the norms. And there yeah. was a bit of this idea of like, a rec- uh, an acknowledgement of being different versus it being kind of normal, uh, a default. You could even draw maybe some parallels between like transgender and cisgender and stuff like that. But I, I feel like it was weird they chose that, but then they're also kind of playing the whole thing for laughs. So really immediately after they use that language is when they cut to the guy who's like, oh yeah, it gives me like an incentive into individuality, like all my friends and yeah. the camera pans out and it's like, they're all pale vampire looking guys. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. It, it seemed like they were hinting at some stuff. I think the gang stuff is interesting, too. But well, it, I mean, it, it kind of... I mean, the goth culture existed at this point. Oh, my God, yeah. Um, and kind of, like... I mean, they, I think they just were, like, going with generic teen trends. Yeah. Because after this, we obviously had, like, this... Uh, not Screamo. The scene kid phase. What's the scene kid phase? Um, that's that's where it's, like, the colored hair, the, the deep, dark makeup. Oh, okay. The, like... It, it's like goth, but uh, mixed with neon. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like German discotheque goth. Yes, exactly. Okay. That's exactly what it is. Uh, and I, I probably I guess never small, sounded older in my entire life. I guess a small now. dash of steampunk in there because they had like the top hat and the, the goggles. Um, Nicole from Improv. She, I mean, she her improv group is called the Scene Kids. Oh, mm-hmm. I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, and there, there's a great short uh, Matt Keel, if you remember him from from improv, I the, the juggling no kid. Okay, okay. fine. Um, he was in a short. He he, he was in a, a sketch about seeing kids, which was very very funny. Oh, okay, all right, yeah. I I'm glad you're here to remind me of these sort of things because <laughs> I don't know. That's fine. I don't know any of them. Yeah, I think mean, yeah, just kind of generic teen. Because, I mean, if, if we're going with the language that you chose, kind of like, it's a choice. Yeah. Like, a lot of teens, when they're in the moment, they're like, it's not a choice. This is, like, what I was born to be. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I, I think I was choosing to see something there. Like, I didn't choose to be a theater kid. I was just born to be a theater kid. <laughs> theater kid. I didn't life choose to be me. a cheerleader, Chris. <laughs> I, I was thrust upon the life of cheer. <laughs> I wish I had a choice, because, oh, man, would I have made some different decisions. You would have got a completely different route. But I, but had, I, had, it, 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 I, I didn't I didn't get a chance to say no. It called to you. It, not even that. It, it was thrust upon me. <laughs> it lifted me in the air and told me to do a perfect lib, and I did so. <laughs> it said do a round-off back handspring back tuck, and I did as it said. And I landed in those perfect splits with my pom-poms and said, go team. <laughs> God. <laughs> 
such a hard life I've had to live. I wish I knew you in your cheerleading face. <laughs> I mean, really... not much has changed. <laughs> Can you please bring this back? Can you do like a one-off, like one night only cheerleading performance? I mean, I, I, I didn't do much. Like I threw people in the air. Like I didn't dance because I have no sense of rhythm. This is true. I've seen this. Uh, yeah. It, unless there's a DDR mat and there, there's ex- <laughs> exact steps I need to take yeah. and win. I have no sense of rhythm, which also made it very hard to be in musicals. <laughs> If only they had painted the floor to be just one massive oh, continuous man, if they, DDR if they give grid. me a step chart to yeah. just, for just me to follow on the ground, <laughs> I, I could have been amazing. What a shame. What a, it, it what truly a was. I, my, my full potential was really held back by them. I've never quite recovered from it. So, okay. So yeah, if, teen gangs. If we're, if we're looking at this as just a, then a, a general allegory for just being a teenager and having those trends and kind of identifying with the trend and then feeling sort of disenfranchised from it. Do you think that part of it worked? Yes. Yeah. I would agree with that mm-hmm. actually. Yeah. I think they, they captured kind of the, the, the teen angst of it all. Yeah. Of like, I'm doing, cause I mean the bull guy, especially like yeah. he was doing it. He was basically treating you to steroids. Yeah. He's like, I, I want to be different because I want to be the strongest. Yeah. I don't want to, because even when he's like about to change back, he's like, please, man, I can't go back to that life. Yeah. I mean, I think there's definitely something there. Like when you're a teenager, you're trying to figure out who you are as a person. You're searching for identity. And so, of course, you're like you'll externalize that and just latch onto yeah. something that makes you feel distinct, mm-hmm. even if it's not really that much. So, so quick question for, for the bull guy specifically. Okay. When he was given the, D, the bull DNA, did he... Did he get the nose, the the nose, the ring? nose ring? Or did he already come it? with mm. the DNA, or did he have to go and get the piercing? Like, did he look at himself and be like, and be like "This is way too cow. I need, I need more bull. Need some more bull. I'm just missing. I'm just missing a tiny little bit here." Yeah. Also, uh, where did that like trope come from? The the ring in the in the bull's nose. I don't know. I mean, it's been around forever. That, I mean, maybe that was something they used to do. I don't know. My, my question with him was, uh, given that he's always wearing like a red jumpsuit, do you think he sees himself in the mirror and then just like runs headfirst at it? Yeah, constantly. that's actually that's why he broke the TV on the lift. Actually, he just saw red. Yeah, in the, he wasn't in mad the at the screen. anchor. He, he just saw forward. himself. Yeah, and then he like had a moment of embarrassment. He's like, "Oh, screw you guys, mm-hmm. your lawmakers and Sam Young." Okay, you okay. awful so DA. A bull may be led by a rope tied through the ring, although a halter. Head collar is also usually used, so not to readily undo the nose ring for control. If the bull has horns, the lead rope may also be fastened around those and passed through the nose ring. So it's just a, a way to kind of... Okay. Uh, hurt, that makes sense. Okay. So it, it was there for a reason. I did yeah. love the moment when Terry pulled it out of his face. Yeah. Um, that hurt. I must have hurt. I, I, I hurt. I felt it. Yeah, it's it. like, oh. Yeah. God, just you just cringe. Um, mm-hmm. I, there were, I thought, some interesting little nods in here too because obviously for, for good reason bruce is not on board with this because he's dealt with this sort of stuff before i was i, I mean, was wondering about that i man wanted bat. a connection to man bad so i did look up some trivia on this and i guess in the original pitch um dr cuvier was supposed to have been the son of one of langstrom's assistants okay so some sort of loose connection ultimately opted out of it but i mean we've seen splicing technology in a number of places. Obviously, Langstrom was in there, and then there was um, what Dr. Milo, I want to say. Is he the one who 
turned Catwoman into a cat lady. That sounds right. Yeah, and I feel like there was one more, too, that I'm totally blanking on. I mean, we have... Oh, Moon of the Wolf. Okay, I was going to say, if you look behind you, we have all the villains right there. Oh, yeah. That we can kind of just pick and pull. But all the one-offs are kind of... I don't think they're included. Yeah. So Yeah, I mean, it was... Um, the one where Catwoman becomes a cat. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't remember. Tiger, Tiger. Ti- thank you, Tiger, Tiger. Um, yeah, that was Dr. Milo. And then there was... Um, wait, no, was that Dr. Milo? I, th- I feel like that was think, a one-off. Wait, um, wait no, no. Wait, that, is that the same one where she gets poisoned? No. I feel like Dr. Milo did the poisoning. I don't think it's the same one. These are things we should know. Probably. It's been so long. It's sort of supposed to be our area of expertise. Yeah. <laughs> um... So that being said, um, Maddie, if you can let us know <laughs> what we got wrong on that. But I mean, we, we've seen this technology in a number of places before. Um, so it's obvious that Bruce would not be on board with it. Mm-hmm. Plus, he's just a grumpy old man. And I can see why yeah. Terry wouldn't be, too, because... These darn teenagers. These oh, darn youths. These damn kids just doing genetic manipulation on everyone's lawns. Yeah. Um, Back in my day, do you think there we were... just got motorcycles and jean jackets. Do you, and snapped at each other. Do you think that there were any um, small children that got spliced with goat DNA and they became Kid kids? kids? Shut up. You damn kids, get off my so lawn. So here, here's what I, <laughs> I... There was a one throwaway line from the little brother that got me really excited. Okay. Where he's like, oh, can I get wolf DNA for Halloween? Yeah. I'm like, oh, shit, this is the Halloween episode. Oh, yeah, I guess it is. Because we are recording this on October 1st. Yeah, I got really excited. I'm like, oh, the season is among us. It's upon us. It's upon us, finally. Finally. Uh, and then it was not a Halloween episode. No. I got a little yeah. upset. I don't know if we actually get a Halloween episode this season. This might be the closest we get for it. That's okay. Um, I, there was Also, when his brother sneaks in his room and like scares Terry, I, Terry has to have some control over his strength. Because like, yeah. I, I see him, especially in the next episode, where he just jumps out of a two-story window with no problem. Yeah. Like, if his brother came and scared him like that, I saw the brother, like, getting shot through the ceiling. Yeah. Just, like, kicked up and out. Just, like, leaps out of a sleeve and just, first thing does, punch straight to the face. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I, I was honestly expecting that. Yeah. Like, of how much Terry has to deal with that constantly. Yeah. He doesn't sleep soundly. He's no. always on alert. Yeah. Hypervigilant, as he must be Bruce as Batman. really messed him up. Oh, so much so. Yeah. Well, we, um... Oh, I guess the next episode we get we get a bit of a sense of how old he is. But um, yeah. one thing I did think was interesting is Terry makes a comment to one of the the spliced henchmen, like, "Oh, should I book you an appointment at Arkham?" Maybe he makes a reference. He to, says it to, to the to Dr. QVA. Yeah. Um, but I thought that's interesting because we eventually learn in um, Return of the Joker that Arkham got shut down a long time ago. Like it got shut down back when Bruce was still Batman. So that's interesting. Maybe people still talk about it. Or maybe it's just a production inconsistency. I don't know. Crazy thought. I would never. Um, I, I do not believe that. Maddie, once again, your thoughts on that. But um, I thought it was cool they found a way to break Man-Bat into it, essentially. Because mm-hmm. Terry gets poisoned, and he looks a lot like Man-Bat. Yeah, just kind of like an uglier gray version. Yeah, much, also, much there uglier. were some ugly animations in these two episodes. Not ugly, sorry. Scar- like, like scary, oh, like, yeah, ugly. really gross. Yeah. Yes. Next sp- the second episode specifically. Like, lots, holy shit, that was lots terrifying. to talk about on that. Yeah. Um, but even like, in yeah, in this one, obviously when Terry goes to like fight the bad guys, like because he's cured of his his badiness, mm-hmm. um, and he goes to fight them, he um, like Doctor Cuvier. 
Yeah, gets, he, he uh, overdoses him with yeah. different animal parts. Well, and he becomes, so Dr. Kube becomes what he says is a chimera, which I was trying to remember, is it chi- what, I, th- I thought a chimera was like a lion and a snake, and he's like an uh, eagle and a snake. Uh, so, so also I, he keeps pronouncing it Chimera. Like, he does pronounce it wrong. Girl, no. Also, the wrong. name of the company. Yeah, they they don't mispronounce the name of his companies the entire time. Um, I think Chimera okay. is like the typical mythological Chimera is the the lion, the eagle, and the snake. But I think the more modern version is just a combination of two to three animals. Okay. Yeah. So I'm looking. I'm looking at one right now. It is usually depicted as a lion with the head of a goat rising from its back. And a tail that might end with a snake's head. Mm-hmm. Oof. Yeah. The the dictionary says a fire-breathing female monster. Oh. I didn't realize gender was such an important factor She's in this. She's a lady. Uh, with a lion, yeah, a lion's head, goat body, and serpent tail. Well, that's fucking horrifying. Mm-hmm. I think they actually toned it down a little bit. I mean, it still the looks cartoon. weird. It definitely still looks weird. And and what what I thought was at least kind of kind of cool was that it didn't seem that ridiculous for him to morph into that thing. Like, obviously, if you... Because we already saw that, like, with the guy who was a snake, like, his neck got longer, can stretch and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. they do start to take on unhuman-like qualities. So it wouldn't be super crazy to think, like, his legs could morph into a tail and, you know, well, forgive the science for kind of doing what it does. What I thought was really peculiar was when Terry overdoses him, he basically just turns into a generic-looking Superman, the animated series style monster. Yeah, blob monster. This gross deformed with, thing. With the one the one outstanding characteristic is the like the lobster claw. Yeah, like the one big ass lobster claw. I was I I forgot how this is all animated. I wanted to see him develop distinctly animal like qualities. Like to literally just have like just random bits of animal sprouting off of him, not become mm-hmm. this weird gross blob. Well I, I saw it as he was uh overdosing him. So kind of how like uh, Terry kind of lost control of himself because he was overdosed on the yeah. bad DNA. Mm-hmm. I just saw like the whole thing was just like there was too much for him to handle, right? And so his body couldn't keep up with the the mutations. And that, that makes sense. I guess I was just hoping there'd be something a little more visually interesting mm-hmm. going on there rather than this just weird, gross blob. Yeah. Um, but it also gave us probably one of the best moments. Actually, probably the best moment in the show, though. Which Where is he when, saves Ace or Ace saves him? When Ace saves him first. Yeah. And then Ace gets thrown around and he, in turn, saves Ace. Mm-hmm. It's like, don't touch my dog. Exactly. It's a really sweet moment. They're bonding. They are. And then he just lets his villain die again. He do- he really loves to do that. Yeah. He, he has no remorse. Mm. Well, I guess these villains are different from Batman's villains. Because those are villains of circumstance. Yeah. Whereas Terry's villains are just evil. Yeah, they are... They are just generally evil, and we talked about this before. This show is just a lot darker. Like mm-hmm. a lot of people die. Yeah, in these episodes, and I mean, but obviously, no dogs. No dogs. Never heard the dogs. Ace is fine. I mean, you know, they definitely show the the henchmen getting let off and getting arrested because I guess they're kind of the innocent victims. Yeah, here. Um, although I guess they just like regained consciousness and like slipped out the back door as the place is blowing up. Um, but I mean, could you? I guess there was probably no way to save. Cuvee, anyways. He was, he was, yeah, he was beyond saving. Yeah, I mean, I they so had gross. the the like the DNA reset button pod thing. Yeah, but probably I don't know if there would be enough, right? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Uh, did you catch when he's walking into not Cuvee's lab from the middle of the episode, the end of the episode, to the taxidermy old building, whatever? 
uh, there's a face hugger from Alien in a glass jar in the foreground. No, I missed that. Yeah, it's like as he's walking in and he's loading up the Trank gun and he's looking around um, as he's surveying the place. In the foreground, there's a tank with green liquid and you can just see the limbs and a bit of the tail from a face hugger. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I thought I would see that listed somewhere in the trivia and I didn't, but it was like clearly what they're going for on it, which is pretty cool. One thing that I did notice is um, kind of in vain of how Disney is, is kind of infamous for reusing animation. I caught a, a scene in this is reused, I want to say almost frame by frame mm-hmm. in a scene in Static Shock. Oh, really? Yeah, when the uh, I don't I don't know what animal she was blended with, but the girl henchman. Oh, like a tiger. Yeah, yeah, kind of a tiger. Um, when she is reverted back to human, she's kind of in almost like the fetal position and kind of a crater. That's oh. the exact same way. Uh, so the government creates uh, like a bang baby cure, mm-hmm. and they shoot. They're trying to shoot Ebon, the the shadow guy. Because I okay. learned their names finally. Good um, on you. And Talon, who was kind of like his number one henchman, oh, the yeah. girl, the Hispanic girl. Yeah, I think I remember her. Uh, who has the sonic voice, the black mm-hmm. hair. Oh, screen. yeah, yeah. Uh, she takes the bullet for him, mm-hmm. and she falls to the ground and is turned back in almost the exact same. Almost the exact same yeah. thing. Oh, they they definitely do that a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure when the taxidermy building blows up, it's the same footage from Torch Song, the Firefly episode, and <laughs> his warehouse blows up. I'm like hundred. I like I even I didn't rewind because I didn't bother, but I'm pretty sure like even the first car that explodes is like a normal looking old car. Um, but like I don't know. I thought overall like it's a good idea. I think it's a it's a cool technology to introduce into this world. I think it fits well, and I thought they did a pretty good job doing something with it. Yeah. And, and we were talking recently about the the balance between doing just the Terry stuff and just the Batman stuff. And I thought this had a nice blend where mm-hmm. it really does start in Terry's world and he kind of takes it from there. But, you know, it still plays out into maybe a bit of the second act. Yeah, it, it's it, it's a lot closer to BTOS where yeah. they usually set it up where it starts in Bruce's world mm-hmm. and then he connects it to Batman or yeah. other way around. Yeah, they, they interweave a little bit. But I, I liked that. And yeah. I also liked the final moment with Barbara when she's like, you know, you really... Or tries to get him to quit again. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it makes sense, though. Even she can kind of begrudgingly appreciate what he's doing and acknowledge he's doing a good job and still try and get him out of it because she knows better. Yeah. You know, she says there's, you know, rarely any rewards. and But Tara's reward was he had to buddy up with Ace. Yeah. It's the small, it's the oh, small wins that count. small wins. Yeah. I, don't, I, I quite like this episode. I thought it was I liked this episode. I liked it a lot more than the next episode. That's absolutely true. Also, like the very first shot of this episode, introduction of Max. Hmm? Max. The character of Max is like, this is her first episode. Hold on, which one's Max? Oh, you, oh you've never watched this. Fuck, I forgot about that. You've never seen any of this. Mm-mm. So Max becomes like Terry's best friend. Okay. She, it was the girl with the pink hair, like the very, very beginning. Okay, okay, okay. Um, I forgot about that. You haven't seen this before. Max becomes a really important character throughout the rest of the, the gotcha. series. So, yeah. But yeah, next episode, though. It's a weird one. It's, oh, it's rough. Earth Mover. So I'd seen this episode before. Really? They also, in, in what I've been talking about before, they also use this as a plot of Static Shock. With someone getting... It's a, not a person, but the plant life absorbs oh. um, the, the bang baby gas, mm-hmm. and it kind of becomes sentient and attacks uh, the city. Oh, this sounds vaguely familiar. Uh, and so 
I, I don't think I saw this whole episode, but I definitely remember seeing this and, and the static episode before. Okay, yeah. Cause it, so, yeah, in this episode, um, Terry and Dana are with their friend Jackie, who thinks that someone is stalking her. And so Terry sees some guy off in the distance, goes after him, and it's just this massive... Well, he, hold on. He goes full <laughs> Batman in, not broad daylight, but... In, in front of the other two. In front he, of witnesses, Where yes. he just jumps out of a second-story window, kind of, like, skates down the rain... Uh, <coughs> not the vent. The, the, the drain pipe. The dra- yeah. Yeah. Uh, does kind of a parkour jump over a, a two-story wall. Yeah. Uh, and then fucking tackles a, a mud club in front of a car. He's a talented guy. I imagine he employs very similar techniques to escape from Dana's bedroom when her parents get home. Oh, constantly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's a rebel. Or to avoid household chores. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, the great thing is, you know, he could do it on his own, but especially with that bat suit, that sky rise, he just hops out the window. Yeah. Wings. How often do you think Bruce, like, because he is, like... I would suspect that, as we've mentioned before, Bruce does hire him to be his assistant. Yeah. So he has to do some assistant work every now and then. How often do you think he tries to escape with the bat suit and Bruce has to, like, turn it off to make... Constantly. To make Terry come back? I imagine uh, Terry is assigned to go and, like, wash the windows on the outside of Wayne Manor. Those, like, massive three-story tall... Oh, he does it in the bat ...picture suit? windows. And I bet you he just, like, put... Because it's, like, got hover boots. Yeah. It's probably just, like, standing outside, just, like, rockets holding him up, and Bruce just looks out there and just, like, push the button. <laughs> Disable it's it. not funny, Bruce. <laughs> crashing to the ground. How else will he learn? Yeah. Um, yeah, so he goes off after that, the, like, the mud monster, and we... <laughs> Okay, so oh, also we got the most boring piece of bat tech in this episode. Which one? The bat sub. I was super excited for there to be a bat sub. Why? It's there's nothing. It's a submarine that's black and red. There's I, nothing bat I about it. I love it. It's even in the shape of a normal sub. Like they didn't try it all to make this unique. I love it. I love that it's got like the big like glass dome up in the front, like a submarine, like a su- like, like every other submarine. No, like small personalized ones compared to the big ones. I don't know. I I was like, bat sub? I forgot that's a fucking bat sub. It probably never reappears again. I loved it. I doubt it, because there's nothing. It it has one missile. Two. It has two torpedoes in it. When did they use the first one? He fires both simultaneously. Okay. And then he (laughs) immediately runs out. But, but, okay, before we get... Come on. That's useless. It is a ridiculous piece of tech. Also, it must have taken him forever because the thing does not move particularly quickly not at all and i imagine that wherever he is is pretty far away from the entrance to the bat cave yeah so he probably spent like two hours just tooling around in gotham harbor and his sneaky little bat sub but before that happens um we learn that jackie's dad isn't her dad this guy bill and that he was a science guy. He was a, like, or he was like, uh, yeah, he was some sort of science dude, construction, whatever. But he was accused of dumping toxic chemicals into a hole, mm-hmm. a mine shaft. And okay, did you see where the plot was going almost instantly in this one? Yeah, when they said, uh, "That's not my dad." Were you like, "Yeah, the, the dad"? I, it, I mean, it's it's um, Sandman. It's a Sandman story. Is it? Oh, like the comic. I mean, Spider-Man 3 Sandman. Right, okay, yeah, sorry. I, like, I was thinking Clayface. Oh, mm-hmm. God. Or, I guess there was a DC character called the Sandman. But yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. It's the exact same plot. Yeah. And it, it's just, it was so obvious he where that was going to go. He just wants to be with his daughter. He just wants to be with his daughter. I mean, I guess the, the, the 
because most is pretty predictable. Like, okay, obviously, like, Bill was his partner, and the dad, got, like, fell down a mine shaft and got covered in gook, and Bill's like, well, sorry, bud, I guess you're dead. I'm going to go take care of your daughter now. The twist upon that was that the the monsters were actual soil. It wasn't him. Is that he's, like, still buried down that bottom of that mine shaft, and it's, like, this weird, grotesque skeleton with a whole bunch of the the chemicals, like, forming tendrils or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and... It's really gross. It's yeah. I mean, it. it I think. Um, I want to say there was a Scooby Doo movie where he meets a mummy. I. Oh man, I wasn't thinking Scooby Doo. I. I mean, I guess it vaguely reminds. Well, there's also the Mummy animated series. There's a Mummy animated series. It. It. I guess you mentioned Scooby Doo. It kind of reminds me a little bit of Scooby Doo and Zombie Island. Okay, so that's that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. yeah. I was actually there was thinking, the mummy, but that was a, a like a 1960s villain. Yeah, I was actually thinking of um, it's Halo exactly Zombie Island. So I'm thinking of yeah, Halo One. You played Halo? You know those? Is that a video game? <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> I I never played Halo One. I played a little bit of Halo Three. Oh my God! You haven't lived. Um, I know about <clears> like <throat> the the the. the the Covenant, the Flood. Nope, nope, nope. The Splinter, nope. The spike, the spiky gun. The Needler. The Needler is super OP in Halo 2 because you can double wield it, and that's all I know. Jesus Christ. Well, at least you know something. And Master Chef is yeah, there. It's the Master Chef. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just going around <laughs> the world. Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> Fighting off the aliens. Oh my God, they did have Gordon Ramsay with a Needler. <laughs> An O power. An OP Needler is horrifying. Think how fast he could cook his steak. Oh my god! Well, he would just blow up the stick. That's the problem. Yeah, up, yeah. I think like maybe one char, just like give it a nice char, mm-hmm. would do it. But yeah. any more than that, it would just blow up the whole place. But in the end of Halo One, um, Captain Keys, one of the supporting characters, like they're trying to get back to him, and they discover that he's been absorbed by the flood. And you just see like a bit of his face kind of projecting through this really gross blob. And that's kind of what this looked like here. That Tony, I think, was the dad's name. He's kind of buried in the wall. But I thought what made it kind of extra creepy was actually the way it was animated. Because mm-hmm. it's a background. Yeah, it's still it's a it's a it's a it's a painted background. Yeah, like which it, is even more terrifying. Yeah, because like he can't move at all, and the only thing they did was like they would just show his eyes kind of glow, and like the tendrils around him would glow, um, and he could just kind of mutter and stuff like that. But it's like a really grotesque and horrifying. Like she's gonna image. go to therapy for that for so many reasons. Yeah, she's gonna have to go to therapy. Like, I uh, it was. I thought interesting the way they handled kind of the the morality of this episode because mm-hmm. I, I was reading up a bit and Bruce Tim says this is actually one of his favorite episodes interesting uh, for me it's a piece of garbage but I get where he's coming from because what he finds interesting is the morality of it because Bill obviously was in the wrong like he it, it was more or less an accident but he was already doing something unethical by just dumping these chemicals down a, a hole in the ground yeah and then via an accident, Tony gets buried down there and he just assumes that he's dead. So like he has this horrible fuck up and then tries to make things right by taking care of his daughter. And then Tony's the victim, but then he becomes the aggressor and becomes the villain. Yeah. And it's an interesting dynamic, but I thought they, they made a pretty clear moral choice at the end. Well, I mean, it, it made me question like, we never really get an answer. We have two sides of the same story. Mm-hmm. Like, did Bill do it on purpose? Right. And we never, like, I, we assume 
it was an accident. Yeah, I because I, we tr- because Bill is seen in a more positive light. I yeah, I, I I think it was in fact an accident. I think give him the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. I think he was just so afraid. Oh, we'll never know. We'll never know, will we? Uh, maybe therapy will reveal it. Yeah, I think he did seem genuinely like remorseful. I think he was just so scared in that moment that he was like, we're just gonna bury this the whole thing. Yeah, literally. <laughs> Quite. Quite literally. But I th- what I thought was so weird was they get into the sub um, and they're trying to escape from like this underground tunnel mm-hmm. that Tony is like at the bottom of. Well, it's the, it's the mine shaft. It's the mine shaft, yeah. They just have to go in through the, the Gotham River. Yeah, mm-hmm. thank you. Um, and they're trying to, to get out of there and their path is blocked. And that's what Batman uses. The two lone torpedoes yeah. in, in there. the worst submarine. In the Okay, fine. It's the worst submarine. But Maybe I, it was I built like it. the B-Toss era because like oh we're gonna have to use this at some point well that's the thing it just never got used and so it never got updated and maybe the other here's my benefit of the doubt maybe the other torpedoes just never like they all went bad or something because torpedoes go bad yeah yeah yeah. uh you know gunpowder it it rots or whatever sure i don't know how this stuff (laughs) works um and so terry's like i gotta get to this underground shaft what do we have uh and Bruce is like, oh, well, I think Alfred made this sub years and years, like 45 years ago. Yeah. Uh, you know, check the torpedoes. Uh, and he, he looks at one, and he's like, oh, these are all shit, Batman. <laughs> so he takes all of them out. He's like, oh, I, sh- I should keep two of them just in case. Uh, and so he puts two back. Or maybe he's inspecting them and doesn't have time to put all of them back or forgets to put the other ones back. And the ones he puts in there are duds. Yeah, and so as he's like, yeah, because they like explode, and these don't explode; they just kind of like yeah. break things. Yeah, I mean, it, so I think <laughs> it's a piece of shit. Is what I'm trying to say. I know, it's, I know, it's a piece of shit, but also you're not wrong. Everything was from the late Betos era. Mm-hmm. Like everything that we see was at, at a minimum conceptualized and maybe partially assembled 20 years before this. Yeah. Now this episode also tells us that Terry is 17. Mm-hmm. Because he mentions that 10 years ago he would have been seven and wasn't paying attention to this sort of stuff. Yeah. And I think elsewhere in the DCAU, he says that he started training with Bruce when he was 16. So I think they've been together for, what, at the most a year, maybe somewhere like six months to a year, I, I, would, I would say. I would say each season is a year. Yeah. So I think they've been together for about a year. So yes, it's possible that in that time frame, Bruce has kept himself busy by building a subpar submarine. Hey, if Alfred can do it, I can do it. <laughs> if Alfred can do it. Um, but I don't know. I, I like the submarine. I liked Terry's uh, little spinning blade mm-hmm. contraption that he uses to cut through all the monsters. There were, So there's, oh my gosh, I can't remember where I've seen this villain before. But there's a villain that looks very similar to these mud mound monsters. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think I just remembered it. I think... Is it Clayface? It is not Clayface. Is it the lava guy from Heroes? Please let it be this one, because I've the, been trying... Damn it, it's, uh, it's almost this guy. Who's this guy? Um, in Powerpuff Girls, it's not this guy, but he's kind, he's kind of close. In Powerpuff Girls, there's a kid in their class that eats glue, uh, and he accidentally eats radioactive glue. Of course he does. And so he turns into a giant... <laughs> Uh, glue monster. It's not the right one, but I just want to share it with you because it's so... Oh, okay. That is I that mean, is pretty fantastic. Yeah, it's not that one, though. Is the kid's name Elmer? I wish. It might actually be. It sh- certainly should be. Uh, it should be. 
It is. Oh it's, my god. Is it's, it actually? His name is Elmer Sklu. That's S G L U E. That's God so damn it. <laughs> oh, how did I not catch that as a kid? Oh my god, that's so good. Elmer Sklu. That's so good. Um, um God, what is the because I first thought it was the robot that I want to say was Hanna-Barbera in the 60s or early 70s, but I looked it up and it's not him. I mean, there... It's like a plain... There was like a... I feel like there was a mud monster from Scooby-Doo. I mean, there was like the... What, the electric ghost or whatever when they went skiing, which was like, what, the second season, I want to say, which has a general same profile, mm-hmm. but is orange, not brown. I don't know. It'll I don't know. be one it'll, of those one It'll of those come mysteries. to you. Just don't think about it and it'll come back around. I know. And if you can't remember, just hire Mr. Inc. They can solve it for you. Mr. Inc. can solve any problem. Um, but I, I think it's interesting because they sort of imply there's this moral ambiguity, but at the end of it, Terry says, oh, that wasn't your dad. That's like a ghost, basically like dismissing. I mean, he saves the day. He mm-hmm. like uses his powers to break up the rock. The torpedoes couldn't, and that's how they escape. Yeah. So he's kind of a hero in the end, but Terry says like, oh, he's not your dad anymore. He's basically just a villain. And then for the first time ever... Jackie refers to Bill as dad. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, so he just gets a pass. Yep. Like, he <clears throat> accidentally killed your dad, yep. lied to you about it for years, and you just had to witness your dad being this, like, grotesque skeleton mud monster in the wall, and Bill gets a pass. You know, trauma does a lot of crazy things to people. <laughs> so how many years... One of them is easy forgiveness. How many years before she, like, comes back around on that? It's like, you know what, Bill? You're oh, kind I'm kind of an guess, asshole. Uh, sophomore year of college. Okay, I think that's fair. Yeah, so she, mm-hmm. they, they probably get like what three years. Yeah, three years on the line. She'll, she'll come around on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was so gross. Like even the even the final shot of Tony, it's like some rocks kind of crumble and crush his body, and it's his hand with like his severed wrist just yeah. dangling free. I'm like, I actually reround. I'm like, is that what they actually just showed? They just showed that. Yeah, fucking horrifying. Mm-hmm. God. I, I did pull up photos of Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island, and I forgot how creepy that was. It is. I, I didn't get scared by it as a kid, but it's definitely, oh, I did. Uns- it's definitely unsettling. Well, of course mm-hmm. you did. Well, I mean, it's, you but, see a lot of the influence of, like, Pirates of the Caribbean in, in those. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it, I mean, there is a pirate captain. In, yeah, the, the zombie is all pirates. Yeah. All the zombies are pirates, yeah. So they stole it. Disney stole it. That's what they do. That's what they're good at. They just stole that animation and just put a digital gloss over it from the skeletons are walking underwater. Yeah. Problem solved. That's it. Um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't love this episode. I thought it was fine. It's very weird. I, I, I think it's pretty much skippable mm-hmm. for the most part. I don't think there's really anything in there that's like worth checking out. There was one line that I loved, and mm-hmm. it's, it's like the most late 90s, early 2000s line I could imagine. Okay. And it's uh, when they're... In the hallway, the cheerleaders are talking, and one of them goes, Nelson wants me to drop everything tonight and go out with him like I don't even have a life. Pause. So what should I wear? I heard that. And I'm like, oh, my God. (laughs) I heard that. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Mm -hmm. As Um, someone who's rewatching Sabrina the Teenage Witch still. Oh, my God, of course you are. It is so in line with that. (laughs) Um, It's unbelievable. It's so fantastic. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Any other thoughts on this? Uh, I think that's it. I mean, I think I'm going to talk about it more in um, the Static Shock episode. Okay. Years from now. Okay. Yeah. Oh, and also the the intro. I loved the intro. 
because there it was it's like a it's an underhanded burn to all the kids who don't learn math anymore. Oh yeah, the Terry knows the like, multiplication tables. Yeah, they're like, and no one else does. Like, but you have a calculator. How? Why do you need to know that? Yeah, it's pretty oh, good. Yeah, he's like, well, it's fifteen five to, times fifteen. Like that's the hardest question you can ask a seventeen-year-old. Yeah, two twenty-five, bitch. Yeah, and she she's like, wants to like make sure he's trying yeah. to which check out the calculator. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't remember multiplication tables at this point. So, no, yeah. you know, who does? All right, I think that does it for the episodes. Uh, I just got a, a brief little notes from friends section here. Oh, boy. Um, one of the things, so uh, Maddie Washburn posted on Twitter with a poll asking, basically just said, pick one, Venom or Dark Phoenix. Uh, I asked him if the poll was which one is going to be worse. Um, but of those two, Cameron... X-Men or Dark Venus, which one are you more excited about? Oh, man. Oh, sorry, Venom, yeah, Venom. Um, <clears throat> I mean, probably Dark Phoenix, because it's the end. Yes. Because then then I know it's the finale, and I don't have to, like, worry about any more of these. We can be Venom, done with it. We're going to get, if it does, somehow does well, we're going to get two more. I know. Well, we're already supposed to be getting uh, the Morbius, the living vampire movie with Jared Leto. Great. Fuck. Perfect. Why not? Uh, I have to go see Venom this weekend. We we have to we go have see to go Venom see this it. weekend. Yeah. Jeb is dragging me there for his birthday. <laughs> Do you want to go on Thursday? We're going. Uh, I don't think I'm doing anything Thursday. Okay. Yeah. Let's yeah. do it. 9.30 up at Burbank. Let's suffer. Yeah. Oh, God. It's going to be so terrible. I am not excited about it at all. Um, and then uh, Zachary Shiloh on Twitter uh, just put a, like, a little nice message um, saying how he loved the work Bruce Timm sends the animated series. Uh, without him, there's no... Um, I don't actually know what this is. Oh, um, oh right. Joaquin DeSantos and Lauren Montgomery, of course. They did um, Avatar, right? Yeah, Joaquin DeSantos is uh, one of the lead writers. Yeah, yeah. So he said without them, there'd be no like Avatar and Voltron Legendary Defender. And he's... It's like, he loves those things. He said, give us a listen. Yeah. It was very nice of him, which is pretty cool. Um, and then one other thing. Today is the birthday of our friend and occasional podcast host, Vasilius. It is. Yes. That is right. And I know he'll be listening to this. Well, yes. I want to say today, I mean the day this comes out. Yeah. will be his right. birthday. So happy birthday, Vasilius. Happy birthday, Vasilius. Um, we need to have you on for something. I need to be on top of that shit. I Damn know. it. <laughs> I'll get you on, buddy. I promise. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just a little section there. Otherwise, uh, I figure we can get into some bat plugs. Cameron, what are you plugging these days? Well, I, I want to do a retraction on something that I said in an <laughs> earlier episode. What? what? I think this is our first bat plug retraction. Because I finally watched the series and it was, it's unbelievable. And I mean, it, it's sorry. So far, it's really good. And I think it's just going to get better. But I finally started The Dragon Prince. Oh. And I, I was not a fan of it at Comic-Con. I couldn't get past the art style. Okay. But watching it, I watched a few episodes on the plane, and I watched an episode last night. Yeah. And it's really good. Oh, awesome. It, it's kind of like, the way I would describe it is Game of Thrones, but you just focus on uh, uh, Win- uh, Winterfell mm-hmm. and The Wall. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Because you have all the monsters on the other side of the wall that are trying to get revenge for kind of be put on that side of the wall. Oh, interesting. And then just one. I mean, I'm sure they're going to open it up 
because it is like book one of however many they're going to do. Mm-hmm. So also it's very much the Avatar intro of like book one, Moon, episode four. Yeah. Um, so like they they're opening themselves up to a larger show, and I I'm I think I have two more episodes left. Okay. And it's real. I mean, one you have to overlook the animation because it's very similar to like the uh, Green Lantern animated series. Like it's oh okay like the very shiny CGI. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean not 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 as shiny. It's very cell like um, cell animated. It's like it, everything kind of pops and everything is kind of almost disjointed a little bit. Mm, okay, interesting. Uh, and there's a few moments where you can kind of see like they slowed down frames and it doesn't look as good. And it's a mm. little choppy, but like if you get past that, it's an amazing story. Oh okay. I'm really loving it. Um. Yeah, I, I I highly recommend it now. Oh, I'm disappointed. I thought you were about ready to be like, I plugged something that I thought was going to be good and turned out to be terrible. No. You went, well, the, I mean, other, you went the other way. Yeah. Which is better. Better to think positively. Mm-hmm. And I'm very, very excited to finish it. Nice. Because there's only eight episodes. Oh, that's... Oh, my God. Thank and God I'm, I'm kind of sad because I, like, where I'm at, like, I could watch, like, 24 episodes of this. Yeah. I'm Dory. I'm sure mm-hmm. they'll deliver them. Also, in there's time. a fucking character who is deaf, and so they use ASL in the show. Oh, wow, which that's is awesome! So cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's it's like their aunt, who's who's very much the tiger, a grown-up toff. Okay. Because she is so badass. Uh, she doesn't use a, sh- uh, a sword to fight. She just uses a shield. Mm-hmm. And she's like the the lady knight. And that's pretty great. She's she and yeah she yeah she uses ASL and it's so cool. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. What, what have you been watching, listening, reading? Um, <clears throat> so I've been doing a bit of a movie catch-up of you late. Have. Yeah, so I, I went and saw Christopher Robin, Crazy Rich Asians, and A Simple Favor. Um, I think we've How all... would you rank those three? Um, Crazy Rich Asians, number one. Christopher Robin, number two. A Simple Favor, definitively, number three. I'm not... These are technically none of them are plugs. I think we've already... I think you've already plugged them all before. Mm-hmm. So I, w- I will say this. My actual plug this week is a... Spotify playlist of the music from A Simple Favor. It's so good, right? Which has this incredible, like, poppy, classy, like fun... French nouveau. Yeah, French soundtrack. I've been listening to it, like, nonstop since I saw the movie. I think that was the second best part of the movie behind Blake, Blake Lively's, Lively's unbelievable fucking wardrobe. It's so good. Like... It is, I think I mentioned this before when you said you had saw it. I wanted to because it felt very, her wardrobe felt very Marlena Dietrich inspired, like the classic German actress mm-hmm. who was like one of the first to just wear a lot of men's tuxedos. And um, I think she was both like genderqueer and bisexual. I don't know. Amazing person. And the wardrobe in this is fantastic. I think Blake Lively's performance is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really care for any of the rest of it. Yep. I, I, I think I mentioned this before. The first half, I really enjoy when it's like an actual mystery. Yeah. And then once they do kind of the unnecessary twists and turns, I got really taken out of yeah. it. Yeah. So I'll, I'm going to put a note in like the, the show. I'm going to make a, a time code in the show notes so people know because we're going to go to the spoilers just in case you yeah. do want to see this movie. But yes. Let me just end the episode now because. <laughs> yeah. I mean, why would you continue listening, honestly? <laughs> but like my big problem with it was. This seemed like the wrong time in our current climate to have a movie where a woman is framing a man for physical, if not to say sexual, assault. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's proven that she was lying. Yeah. That seems like it's a really... Like, I've watched this 
I think literally the day the Kavanaugh hearings were going on. Yeah. I was like, this just seems like a poorly timed movie Mm -hmm. to have that kind of message. Because it's very similar to Gone Girl, which is a few years ago. And I think Gone Girl is just more interesting because all the characters are horrible. Yeah. Whereas in this, like, it's not as clear cut as that. Like, the husband is generally, like, a pretty nice guy. Like, he's maybe a little bit sketchy, but... He's more or less innocent. Yeah, he's just being manipulated by her. Yeah, I'm like, that just doesn't... Uh, like Feel right, yeah. And this is kind of a problem I've had with Paul Feig's movies in general. I actually am not a huge Paul Feig fan. Mm-hmm. I don't think his female characters are that great. Yeah. Like, again, I love... I mean, I love the growth that Anna Kendrick has. Yeah. It's, it's a little fast and a little extreme. Yeah. Uh... I also found her pretty annoying in this. Okay, I, I, I think I she was supposed to be, but it didn't quite work for me. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I, I don't know. I think oftentimes his movies, the male characters are the real standouts. And for a guy whose whole thing is about... Well, I mean, there was the, the father in the classroom who I think was the standout role. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. yeah the, um, the other dad. The other dad, yeah. He's, I forget the actor's name, but he's on Girls. He's like, the best friend on girls. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. He was like, great. I love him. Yeah. And again, to be fair, I think Blake Lively's character is amazing. I think she's super interesting. I think especially Mm -hmm. when she disappears, her absence is really noticeable. She was carrying the movie for me. Yeah. And then once she's gone and she's like, there was, I, I, I think it was an interview with Blake Lively where she was talking with Paul Feig and talking about the wardrobe. And she was talking about the scene where she's in the, the white button down. Yes. And Paul Feig's like, how are you going to make, you know, having like the top button button sexy. And he, she's just like, you clearly don't know who I am. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, damn, Blake, like, let's calm down a little bit. He's still your director. Yeah. Every, every time she's on screen. And, and Ryan Reynolds tweet about the movie. I thought was funny. What was his tweet? Uh, it was a simple favor. Just took my virginity. Oh my God. Yeah. She is stunning. Yeah. In that movie. Like I wanted, to, I just want to dress like her. Well, so so I told you last time who my favorite character was. What did you think of uh, Lauren? Uh, oh my gosh, her name. Oh, Linda Cardellini. Yeah, I liked her. Yeah, because um, it's so different from her normal. It's roles. just a so random. Yeah, she yeah. just like shows up for, and you kind of forget that she's in the movie too. Yeah, like she was in the credits, and then she's like, oh, I forgot she was in there. And she shows up for one scene, just playing this like badass lesbian artist who yeah. paints a bunch of knives, and she's like, what? This is so weird, but I'm Isn't really... It? I love her so much. Yeah, I love her in general. I thought she was fun in it. But yeah, the, the overall, it just didn't really land mm-hmm. for me. It just, it didn't, it wasn't quite a comedy. It wasn't quite a thriller. Or it was like, it seemed like it was a, trying to be a thriller and trying to be smarter than that genre, but didn't know yeah. how to do that well. That's why I said, because I watched Searching the week before. Searching mm-hmm. does it so much better. Okay, yeah. I probably won't see Searching, though. That's fine. I know. But I mean, I don't know. I think... I, I'm not going to say it's not worth seeing. It's an airplane movie. I think it's a good airplane movie. I think it's... Don't go in expecting to be impressed, but let yourself enjoy the parts that are enjoyable, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, so, yeah, but my my official plug this week is the playlist, which I'll, I'll put in there because it's, it's fucking incredible. It's so and good. then I had one other plug. Um, so the uh, Above and Batman Beyond podcast, uh, he reached out to me, or he, just, he messaged us on Instagram because we were talking about Curare. Mm-hmm. And he actually has an episode where he interviews Melissa Disney, who's the actress who voices Curare, and also Blade Summer. Um, I actually have to go listen to it myself, but 
he said it's pretty interesting talking yeah. about her. And I guess she was... Yeah, I, like, I read the message of yeah, messages about like, it. like, super pregnant, like, about to pop when she was coming in and doing the lines for Karare, which is pretty fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, so go listen to that. Uh, but yeah, those are all I had to plug this week. Nice. So, yeah, I think that's it. I think we did it. Yeah, um, I realize I should let people know ahead of time what our episodes are going to be the next time around, and I haven't been doing that, so I'm going to, like, try and bring that up real fast. Joyride and Lost Souls. Yeah. I don't remember. A Joker's episode, which I'm super pumped for. Vance. Robert Vance. Oh, shit. This is the one. Okay. I. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. I think I know which one this is. Mm -hmm. Oh, this one's actually pretty good from what I recall. Yeah. I've heard about this episode. Yeah. Oh, I think Joyride. Okay. I think Joyride, they steal the Batmobile, I want to say. And then, yeah, Lost Soul, there's like this brain in a computer that steals the bat suit yeah yeah the okay yeah all right oh no the joyride they just steal the joker steals just like some generic military vehicle but chris there's an episode called Bloodsport. yeah oh my god kumate kumate does does terry enter kumate um please tell me terry enters kumate i i god i wish so no that's the episode with stalker voiced by jean-claude van damme yes of course okay good obviously who else will they get? I don't know for an episode called Bloodsport. How could you possibly have it called Bloodsport and not have Jean-Claude Van Damme? What a goddamn waste. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, those are some good episodes coming up next week. Should be excited. Very excited. Um, but yeah, thank you for listening as always. Uh, if you want to write to us and ask us some questions, which I always love getting some questions, uh, we can be found at Tim Talk Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Gmail. Uh, if you want to see my own personal shit, it's at Lordifer on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, you've been posting a lot of Lego stuff. I have been. I am you got almost the Millennium Falcon. I did. My my dear brother got me the solo Millennium Falcon for my birthday. Um, the best part of the movie. The hands down the best part of the movie. I I was had an argument with a friend last night about this because he was giving me shit. He's like, "You hate Solo, but you got yourself the fucking Falcon from it." And I'm like, look, like my brother got it for me. One, yes, but also I asked for that one because I have a lot of issues that movie, obviously. But I think that Falcon was like what the whole movie should have been. Yeah. Like, reminiscent of the original series, but obviously newer with more of a polish on it. And also, that ship, that version of the ship is very bright and colorful and fun. Could they have done an entire movie inside the ship? Ooh, like a bottle episode? Yeah. Mm, no, probably not. But I would probably have not. I would have loved to see it. An episode? They could do a whole episode in there. Yeah, the new live-action like series. Like a 30-minute short, yeah. yeah. Um, Disney streaming coming next year. That's true. We could get it done. I'd watch it. Count down the days to a date that we don't actually have. The, the adventures of Lando Calrissian in his sweet, pre-fucked up Millennium Falcon. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I just, aesthetically, I like the look of that. And also, it's just a cool goddamn Lego kit. But yes, yeah. I, I am nearly done. Um, I'll probably be done by the end of this week. Nice. If not today. <laughs> I was like, yeah, what's, what's holding you back? I'm spacing it out. Okay, smart. <laughs> Savoring it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, if you want to see me, uh, if you want to see my art, to uh, we just started Inktober, which is oh, right. uh, yeah, yeah. designers and artists all around try and do a 30-day challenge. So everyone kind of has their own list, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my best to do more than like three days this year. <laughs> I'm hoping for a week. Like If I can get a week of Inktober, That'd be awesome. that's yeah. an accomplishment for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm going to try that. This, uh, that's going to be coming up on my art page, so you can find that at Cameron.Dexter. Uh, if you want to see my face, you can find that at Cam Dex. No, Cam <laughs> Dexter underscore adventures. Cam Dexter underscore adventures. If you don't think about it, it just rolls off the tongue. As soon as you're trying to remember it, <laughs> well, I, no, it I, just start, I started saying my email. 
Oh. Which is very similar. Because <laughs> uh, I've, I've had to sign a bunch of shit recently. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. So Cam Dexter underscore adventures if you want to see my face. Uh, and, you know, various Disney adventures, because I'm sure that's, I, I mean, that's pretty much all I do now. Yeah. But who doesn't love some Disney adventures? Yeah. I just got a little stop motion toy. I got, I got oh, a little no, I model, saw that. Yeah. Model, boy, model boy, so I'm going to try some stop motion stuff. Let's do it. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. That's it, though. Nice. Yeah. Well, check that shit out. Yeah. Yeah. All and right. Thank <laughs> you guys for listening, and we'll <laughs> talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye.